Hi, welcome to Inside Strategic Coach with Dan Sullivan and me, Shannon Waller. Today, we're going to talk about a concept that has been really helpful for our clients to really strategically figure out how to handle one of the big areas of complexity in business, which is relationships. So the concepts we're going to talk about here are the top 20 and the farm Mm -hmm. club. So Dan, with the top 20 farm club, how is it this concept came about? What problem were you solving when you conceptualized this? Yes. Well, a lot of our organizations, companies in Strategic Coach, right from the beginning, dealt with uh, large numbers of clients or customers. What I began to realize for myself when we started getting a large number of customers and clients, and also the entrepreneurs who were in the program, that you get to a point where you're treating all the customers and all the clients as if they're the same, they have of equal importance. But we know there's a thing called the standard distribution bell curve. And it seems to be true in just about every area of human activity that and another law that a lot of people know, it's in the field of economics, it's called Pareto's Law. That In any field, if you have 100 people 20% of them will produce 80% of the results. And very interesting, if you took just the 20 who are producing 80% of the results and you just dealt with them, you would find that 20%, namely four of them, would produce 80% of the results there. And I suspect if you went down to four of them, one of them would produce 80% of the results. The interesting thing is that people perform differently and make different contributions if they're considered in the same side of group. And therefore, from an entrepreneur's standpoint, in terms of budgeting your time and who gets the most attention and where the best future opportunities are going to be, right off the bat is that you have to treat your clients unequally. You have to treat your customers unequally and that it makes no economic sense, it makes no strategic sense to treat all your customers and clients as if they operate equally, okay? That's just the fundamental starting off point. And some people, you know, they say, well, we treat all of our customers and clients with equal care. And I says, no, you don't. I said, that's a lie. And uh, (laughs) that's a lie and take it back because I'm going to find you that when you look at them, first of all, some of them are just more fun to deal with. Some of them are always coming up with new exciting opportunities that require even more of your company's products and services. And right off the bat, they will make themselves unequal in terms of performance. And if your thinking doesn't adjust to the fact that they're unequal, then you're going to make bad decisions, you're not going to plan properly, you're not going to perform properly in the marketplace. That is such a cool way to put it, Dan. And and I think I haven't really thought of it before, is people are treating you unequally, therefore it actually makes sense to treat them Reciprocate, reciprocate. And I think when most people say we treat people equally, they're meaning they treat people to a minimum standard. Yeah. You know, they're not going to treat one person way worse than somebody else necessarily. Well, first of all, you're not going to treat anyone badly. Yes. But you're going to treat some of the clients much better than the others. And when I mean treat them much better, you're just going to do more business with them. The simplest reason is that 
it's just extraordinarily enjoyable doing more business with them. So even I, you know, I mean, with the coaching, I deal with a very, very select group of people. Virtually all my clients personally make more than a million dollars a year. I've got over 500 of them right now. But some of them actively seek out communication with me, talking with me, suggesting new opportunities with them. Some of them have exciting ideas, which really fall into the category of they're a real game-changing entrepreneur. They would love to have me almost like a strategic partner or someone that they can consult with all along, and I'm going to respond to that. You know, I'm going to respond to that, but I'm going to guarantee that what our value creation promise is, everybody's going to get it equally, but some people are going to distinguish themselves and put themselves in a totally different light just as we go forward, and that's just human nature. But a lot of people, while that is true, and I think the point you made is so, so important, is that everybody treats you unequally. So why don't you figure out how unequally you're being treated and go for the people who treat you better than equal? (laughs) (laughs) Better than equal. And what I mean is they want a partner. They don't want just a vendor who provides them with products or service. They're really looking for a strategic partnership. And, you know, at my stage, after 43 years of coaching, my spidey senses are really out to pick up on people who really want to play a big game. I like participating just in the conversation because it inspires me and I get ideas. I mean, Peter Diamandis is a good example. Joe Polish with anything that he does. Stefan Wissenbach with Engagement Multiplier. I have a lot of people that people know about because I do podcast series with them, Dean Jackson and others, and I'm always open to this. We have so many entrepreneurs who are just extraordinary innovators, and I'm just fascinated. I mean, this is my life. I just thrive when I'm in conversation with people who are just doing new, inventive, different, and better things in the marketplace. I love this. I mean, it's one of my big rewards. I get paid well, but my big reward is just where people are using strategic coach concepts to multiply themselves, to actually turn themselves, transform themselves into extraordinarily different, more valuable companies in their marketplace and have a transformative effect on their marketplace. I mean, that's my real reward. So how do you make sense of this and how do you keep track of it? 25, 30 years ago, we came up with the concept of the top 20 in the farm club. You know, top 10, top 20 is just a phrase that's used in all sorts of different areas. I mean, I grew up with rock and roll and I would listen to the various radio programs and saying, and this week's top 20, you know, (laughs) and you wanted to know what the top 20 were, you know, and these were the winners for the week. And right now, if you look at your client base, I mean, it depends upon the size of your client or customer base. But what you're saying here, there's going to be a portion, probably a fifth of my clientele who I'm going to pay more attention to than the other four fifths with extra things, Mm -hmm. not with the normal thing. I'm going to give the normal thing to everybody, but if there's some extra things, I'm going to find the top 20 or the one-fifth, the 20% 
who, if I invested in them, I would get a huge payoff in many ways. And then when I'm working with them, I'm going to have another group called the Farm Club who are not there yet. I'm not really going to budget a lot of extra time for them, but I'm keeping an eye on them because they're comers. They're going to grow. And what's true for me 25, 30 years ago is true for me right now, and it'll be true for me 25 years from now. I'll always have this top 20 or top 20% and the farm club that I'll always be thinking about my future growth and development in terms of these relationships. Mm -hmm. I really love the top 20 farm clubs because it's such a focusing concept. It's such a focusing way to look at your clientele and particularly your opportunities. So one of the ways we talk about it a lot is you know, if you take a look at the next quarter, mm-hmm. what are your biggest opportunities for revenue generation? Mm-hmm. And that can be existing clients who are going to bring in more money, their prospective clients who you also get really excited about. So that's a really energizing, that's where our attention should be focused. And then the farm club are those longer term, 91 days plus mm-hmm. sources of income and revenue. And I particularly think you've coached me many times over the years, really develop those relationships in your farm club because they feed your top 20. It's their introductions, it's their referrals. The more you just build relationships, anything to do whatsoever with your farm club or top 20 is automatically a focus activity. And I found that very supportive because I meant I could just build relationships with people and then that would generate the business and the revenue that I wanted in terms of growing the program. Well, the other aspect about it, Shannon, is you build your organization around this concept because why do you staff up? You know, why do you team up? Because at a certain point, I mean, we do it in two ways. One is our own formal organization of strategic coach. So in, you know, a period of 28 years, we've gone from a couple people to 120 people who support the overall activity. But we've also done it with our associate coaches. You know, we have 15 associate coaches. And the thing is that if someone's at the signature level and they're making $150,000 personal income, well, it's not a really good use of my time to be coaching at that level, but it's very appropriate that someone's coaching at that level. And I'll say this, that whoever is coaching at that level would be doing it in a much more dedicated and excited way than I would be. And the reason is because I did that 20, 25 years ago, and it's not really where my thinking is right now. And the concepts that I have really would not be appropriate for that level. You know, the entrepreneurs be at a higher level. So, you know, I can remember the progression, you know, that first of all, there was just the client-based period, one coach, Dan, and then we made a dividing line that you had to make at least $250,000 to have Dan. And then we brought in one, two, three, four other coaches who coaches at that level. And then Dan went to the above $500,000 level. And then we moved more coaches up and we moved more coaches in and we build in. And then there was all the support team for all these coaches. And then we, we were doing it in different cities. And then we had two countries and then we had three countries. But you can see the progression that every time I moved up, I was moving up to the 20% of the 100% that I was doing. Six years ago, when I moved up to the 10 times level, well, guess what? The people who moved to the 10 times level were 20% of the client base, Mm -hmm. okay? But they were the ones who 
wanted to go 10 times. They were identifying themselves because they had the choice. Everybody that I was coaching had the choice to come with me, and a lot of them didn't. For whatever reason, I'm not saying their reason, but what it did is it created enormous opportunity for our other coaches to move up. And now, you know, a year down the road, I'm creating another group, which is called the Game Changer Workshop. And guess what? It's going to be 20% of the 10 times program that will move up. So this is really tied closely to what we talked about in our last podcast then, which is your largest check. Yes. So really, in terms of everyone generating their next largest check, it's going to be based on the top 20, top 20% of your clientele. One other tact I'd like to take with this, Dan, and this is a little bit if you look at our strategic coach model, sometimes people can actually figure out how to treat those clientele even better (laughs) is by bundling them together. Mm -hmm. You did that when you went from a one-on-one coach to being a group, Mm -hmm. you know, in a workshop program. And some of our clients, I can think of some dentists actually, who were getting overwhelmed by the number of people that they had, but then they looked at their cosmetic clients. That really helped them be able to focus and treat them almost as one item on their top 20 club and really take even better care of them than they had before. Because I think that's a really great point. Depending on your level of capability and confidence, as we talked about last time, you have to figure out, are you going to be paying the best attention to them? Is that who you want to be directing your energies towards? Is that who you're excited by and they're excited by you? There has to be a match there for your top 20. You know, it's kind of hard because of the whole thing of the perception that I'm leaving people behind. But I always say, you know, the greatest value that I can create to you, like one of the head honchos at Strategic Coach, (laughs) I said the greatest value that I can create for you is to show you that after 43 years of coaching, I'm at the top of my ambition and I want to jump another level after 43 years in my 70s, I want to jump. And I had just started a brand new group at the 10 times level a little bit more than a week ago. And one of them who originally from India and he stopped me because he was visiting our office after the workshop a couple of days later. And he said, I want to tell you something. He said, I found all the tools really valuable. But the biggest thing is that you in the 70s are so excited and you are so He says, I don't mean this as an insult, but you're almost childlike in your enthusiasm for what you're doing. And he said, I'm a lot younger than you are, and I want you to tell you how much of an inspiration that is. He says, my biggest goal coming out of the workshop was that at your age, I can be as energetic and optimistic and ambitious as you are. And so one of the ways that I maintain that value creation to my clients is by continually to think to a higher level I can go. And quite frankly, it scares me. Right now, this (laughs) new project that I have scares me because it's got to be a lot better. It's got to be different than what they're getting at the top level right now. I have to surpass where I am right now. And I feel as scared as I have been at any time in my career. And that's good for me. And that's good for everybody else. So it's definitely going to require courage. Yeah. On your part. Yeah. And I think that's a really interesting point. And I've heard a lot of clients tell me that your enthusiasm and excitement, and it's clear you're not worn down by what you do, you're not burnt out, you're not tired in any way, shape or form. And 
you're much more energetic and excited than a lot of people 30 years younger. And they go, oh, I have some work to do after they, mm-hmm. they see you in, in action. It really is this point of continually upgrading mm-hmm. the people with whom you're working. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing, again, about the top 20, and you've always emphasized this, is that it's about relationship. You know, in terms of largest check, which we talked about in the last podcast, it's someone who writes the check. There's yeah. someone whose name is on there. There's most of the time or there's something that represents that. And when you really get clear on the relationships that are most stimulating, most interesting, yeah. make best use of your unique ability, inspire you with new ideas, ask new things of you so you can enhance what you're already good at, that's part of what keeps you so revitalized. And I have to grow to keep up with some of the clients. I mean, I'm constantly aware that I can get a bad report card from them, just like they can get a bad report card from me. You know, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm at the point right now, 40 years plus in to my career, where I am now coaching entrepreneurs whose daily activity is changing the world in substantial ways, and they have very, very high performance criteria. They have very high metrics of who they want in their world. They're working with me, but I'm learning so much from working with them. I think of, you know, Stephen Poulter and Michelle Lang, all the metrics in the world say he's probably the number one IVF doctor in the world, and he and Michelle have the number one IVF clinic in the world. Peter Diamandis is talking about asteroid mining and going to Mars. So after 43 years, just the normal people who are coming into Strategic Coach at my workshop level are doing really, really huge things. In some cases, you know, I'll finish a workshop and I hear some of the progress reports and I said, you know, I really have to pull up my socks to go on deserving to be the coach of a lot of these individuals. And so I run scared during periods of every quarter that I'm going to pull it off again. But this has been the same case for 43 years, and it's been the same case in the workshop for 28 years. And one of the things is keep playing with bigger players. And the top 20 club in the farm club is just a perfect way to make that a very, very visible and achievable outcome Uh that you're shooting for. And again, you know, the problem is complexity, and this is another one of those simplifiers that we've created that you may have hundreds of thousands of clients, but I have to tell you, you have to know how you're treating them unequally. (laughs) I could not say it any better, Dan. You talked about salespeople, too, in a previous conversation, where sometimes your top 20 are, in fact, your internal people. And what's the caliber of salesperson that you can attract? Mm -hmm. You know, so that could be some of the names on your list that you're growing, but always focusing on who are the core people who are making that difference and how can you attract more of those and how can you keep those people happy? So that whole holding to that high standard, Mm -hmm. I think, is a very interesting and important point. Great. So just to wrap up this conversation, how would you coach people to take action on figuring out their own top 20 in Farm Club? I would say that you just take the total number of your clientele and you just arbitrarily say who are the top 20%, who are the bottom 80%. And if you compare that to actual money in, you'll find out that probably the top 20%, whether it's four out of 20 or whether it's 20 out of 100 or whether it's 200 out of 1,000, they're responsible for all your profits. And once you get below 20%, you're probably paying to actually do business with the rest of them. And that's one first indicator why these people deserve 
more than great treatment. They deserve extraordinary treatment. It's a shock to most people when they do that. I said, you know, you've got a few of the clientele who are paying the bills and everybody else. It's actually costing you money to work with them and just telling the truth right off the bat about what's what immediately clarifies your mind of who you want to clone. In other words, that if you could clone any of your existing clients, I have to tell you very few people below the 20% line would make the cut and probably the vast majority above the line would make the cut. And I think you also want to structure your business not on your whole clientele, but really on those top 20 because they can generate more people like them. Yeah, that's the growth company. So if you look at your entire client base as, there's what I would call the critical mass company. In other words, that if you're a $20 million company, you have more critical mass than if you're a $2 million company. But it doesn't tell the whole story that in your $20 million, there's a number of individuals who are First of all, they represent a greater impact in the present, but they promise a much more multiplied impact in the future. And your job as the head entrepreneur is to direct most of your attention to where the growth clients are and then organize in such a way to take care of everybody else in the highest possible way if it's worth it to you if it's worth it to you, you know. So you gotta make decisions all the time of who gets to play with you. (laughs) Who's in your sandbox? (laughs) That's great. Dan, thank you very much. This feels like a new take on the Top 20 Farm Club, which is one of our concepts been around for a long time. So I really appreciate the refreshed perspective. For everyone listening, if you want, please subscribe on iTunes. And also, if you want to hear more podcasts with Dan and some of the other favorite people that you have, or if you want to hear the Team Success Podcast, visit us at strategicpodcasts.com. Again, that's strategicpodcasts.com. Thanks for listening. 